Hey everybody, welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. As always, my name is Tyler, and I am battling allergies up the wazoo today. So I apologize if my voice and my uh, my breath in this intro is a little off. It's just, ah, oh, it's so weird. I'm drowning it out with water, honey, and cayenne pepper with some tea. And that seems to be helping, but it still, it still sounds weird, right? I'm also drinking, this is not a plug, by the way, Olipop Sparkling Tonic. If you can find this, I got it at Target. It's a plant-powered, microbiome-approved uh, prebiotic. So it sounds like it. it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it actually tastes really good. I had a root beer tonic, and it, it tastes amazing. So shout out to Olipop for being super, super, super tasty. Anyway, um, really quick recap on this week. A lot of, you know, rejections, as you will, you know, experience in the film industry. A lot this week, like, so much where I wanted to kind of crawl into a ball and just go, eh, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do it anymore, but I'm still going to do it because, uh, because we're crazy, you know, artists are crazy. However, I did have a callback today for a commercial with no lines, which are always most fun, but, uh, got some really good feedback and direction. Uh, for those of you who don't know and are listening to this, a callback is your, uh, your second audition after your initial audition where they liked what you did. They want to see what else you can do, and they want to see what kind of direction you could take. So, luckily, I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the stick. <laughs> uh, Ten seconds into my my new direction, take to let me kind of do everything, uh, which is always a good sign of them not saying you know thank you right away and then walking you out the door. So, we'll see. I'm not expecting anything, but it'd be a fun job. I would get to eat a really awesome snack food for a whole day, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about it for me. Let's let's get into why you're here. Let, let's get into the episode itself. We are sitting down, we're of course, you know, hopping across the uh, the Atlantic border again to the UK, where I had a chance to chat with Georgia Goodman. She is an actress who's lived all over the world. She, she's grown up all over the world. It, it's crazy. Uh, just listening to her talk about you know, the fact that she speaks multiple languages. She has gone to university all over. She initially went for a master's, and then the acting bug kind of bit her, and she just set her sights on making this career a reality, and has found a lot of success, tremendous success, especially in the last few years. So her career is continuing to rise. I want to see what else she does, honestly. And she's such a such a sweet soul. I felt like we we were talking about more than just the idea of pursuing our career, but you know, just the fact. That that we love this and that's why we're pursuing it. You know, it's not monetary. It's not, uh, it's not crazy. We still have to work jobs, but if we can get to the point where we're working on this full time and this is our job, that's the dream. Uh, you know, it's not for fame or heavy fortune. Just if you could pay your bills, you know, starring in action, comedy, horror movies, that'd be amazing. Right? So, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm going to get right to it. Let's sit down. Let's talk with Georgia Goodman. giving up for um, your Sunday to do this. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I I closed the bar tonight, so it was perfect. I'm like, oh, I just I have an easygoing morning. Um, <laughs> no, this is this is going to be great. I, uh, You know what? I'm not even going to cut this part out. I'm going to act like we've been talking and we came back from a commercial break, and it's going to be really <laughs> awesome for audio purposes. But Exactly. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I am here with uh, Georgia Goodman, who is already like 
just one of the most sweet people I've met on this podcast for giving up a, a very, uh, even though it's like a two hour jet lag, that's still jet lag, giving up, you know, your morning or no, your evening over in the UK to, to catch up and chat with me. Miss Georgia, how are you doing? I am doing very well. Thank you very much, Tyler. Just had a little bit of a snooze before the before the show, so I'm I'm raring to go. <laughs> You're not pounding back OJ and, and coffee at the same time, are no, you? No, do you know what? I was actually thinking, should I grab a coffee? But then then I won't be able to sleep tonight. So I just thought, no, just grab some water and some juice. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I know what you do, but would you mind telling our listeners who you are and what you do? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm Georgia Goodman. And I am an actress. Is is that what you is that what you want? I mean, what else do you want me to say? I'm but, sorry. Um, no, no, I I love giving those long pauses. Is there? Do you want to say <laughs> I'm an actress who bakes. Ooh. And does stuff. I don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's your What's your specialty? Uh, what do you mean specialty? Baking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love make uh, cookies. I love making cookies and stuff. So oh I'm always making lots of cookies. You can't see my full body, but I have a lot of lockdown weight. <laughs> I'm I'm in the I same spot. <laughs> so I think the whole world has been. So do you know what? When we all kind of went out of lockdown a little bit, I just thought, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to take it easy and yeah. I'm just going to embrace this new shape. And, and you know, it. I've I've had some pretty... Um, some interesting auditions and well self tapes, um, and I'm like, oh, okay, the bigger shape is not, you know, completely off putting. <laughs> so you know, I'm kind of now trying to to um, to see what roles come in in the shape that I am now before I I start losing all the pounds that I put on in the last few years. So yeah, it's just you know, it's just about taking it one day at a time, isn't it? And just yeah rolling with it you know at this point of your life did it did it seem like uh because we've all yeah like you said we've all sort of accrued somewhat of a covid comfort weight i know i have and it's uh it's funny because i feel like i've been accruing more auditions or callbacks with this new kind of you know less of a gaunt figure and i had i known that earlier i wouldn't have you know worked out four hours a day <laughs> I know. Isn't it amazing? I think it's, I don't know what it is. Maybe, I mean, I don't know what auditions you've had, but you know, my, the ones that I've had are, are maybe just a bit more specific and, and maybe what you would call character roles, Mm. you know, so a bit more out there, which I love. So, you know, I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Um, you know, I, I don't particularly, I don't, I don't think I'm a leading lady. I don't have the figure or the looks for that. So I love being like the second, you know, or the recurring, because I think we have a lot more freedom with our performances, you know, for those characters. So, so yeah, I mean, well, let's see how, you know, let's see how it goes. So how have, how have the auditions been for you? You know, how have you found it? Pretty similar, actually. Uh, I, hopped into this eight years ago on the acting side of it and I thought it'd be great to just be a character actor like you said you know you get more fun you can just do crazier stuff you're not in the spotlight as much so uh yeah I I will say one of the jobs I booked last year was for a police officer role and I was you know at my chunkiest during COVID and I thought there's no way they, they want a police officer I said oh no you're coming in so it's uh yeah it's been a lot more of that and 
you know, I will say, I, I think uh, I'd love to get your take on this, but there's been, at least in the States, a really big wave of uh, like the inclusion factor. So it's not just complete whitewashed, you know, shows and films, they're going all over. So I've noticed that too, where it's like, oh, this was for a skinny, nerdy, you know, Caucasian male, but we'd like you to audition for it. Like, oh, all right. I mean, have you seen the same thing uh, in the UK and over in Europe? Yeah, I, well, I mean, I can't talk about Europe, but yeah, definitely in the UK. That's really great to hear that that's kind of been happening in the States. I have noticed that, um, like coming out of lockdown and I don't know what it is. I don't know if maybe because lockdown has kind of forced casting the casting world to kind of be online. Yeah. Um, and if they wanted to keep working, then they had to embrace the self tape. You know, London is 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 still very well. The UK in general is still very a little bit traditional, and so self taping was not really the done thing. It was mainly, you know, being invited in the room. You know, the the the, the bulk standard, you know, audition. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a casting director will probably see twenty five to thirty people for a role, which compared to the states, I think, is a lot less than what casting directors meet there. So. I think with lockdown, forcing them to be online, and then a lot of them were also doing, they started doing workshops when maybe they weren't doing it before. Um, And more actors worldwide, not just the UK. I noticed that in some of my workshops, we had American actors do them to the London time zone, you know, Canadian, even Australian. And I was just like, this is amazing. And I think, casting directors then probably realized the wealth of talent that there was outside of the main cities like you know London or you know Paris I would imagine if it was Paris so um yeah I have definitely noticed a lot more inclusion in terms of you know diversity and sizes and ethnicities languages even actually I've noticed that as well because like I said international actors would start you know going into the sorry signing up to the British um workshops and I just thought that was freaking amazing and you You speak you speak French and Spanish right yeah so I'm by I'm actually a French national I um I grew up bilingual French and American English I went to international American schools and yeah, Spanish I was studying since I was a little girl. Um, and I kind of try and keep it up now because one of my types here is Latina. Sorry, uh, no offense. I don't know. Are you are you no, no, I'm 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 like you, very ethnically ambiguous. So to the casting office, it's to the point where, hey, I'll be anything you want me to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um I have been all the nationalities on earth. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, Latina, uh, sorry, yes, I do speak a little bit of Spanish, Mm -hmm. well, intermediate Spanish, and uh, I do get cast as Filipino. Do you get cast as Filipino? I have twice. Uh, if I I keep my my uh, facial hair down to a minimum, I can usually go for that. Uh, that's that's interesting that they they cast you as uh, as Latina over there. I mean. Is I mean, obviously it's, it's a job, but are they asking you to you know deliver Spanish dialogue, or is it just to to kind of have that um, that character still be Latina but speaking and you know just an, an English dialect? 
So interestingly, before lockdown, mm -hmm. it was a lot more um, kind of English Spanish accent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then since lockdown, scripts are now almost being written in the language of the character. And so I have used my Spanish a lot more or my foreign languages a lot more since lockdown actually than before. And again, I think it's that inclusive is in inclusivity. Yeah, you got yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> inclusion, inclusion. Inclusion. Oh my God. That inclusion of, you know, of, of all, all diverse types, um, which I, 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 I like speaking in another language. So, um, so yeah, no, it's, um, you know, I've just played actually a Filipino role, a recurring role where I had to learn Tagalog and I had to do a Filipino English accent and, um, and it was great. I loved it. I have a lot of Filipino friends here. So, um, I was able to kind of bounce off. Um, some of the main cast were also Filipinos, even if they didn't speak Tagalog, but their parents, you know, so the new, the new gen, the younger generation don't speak Tagalog, but their parents still have the accent. And so on set, so I would always test. I was like, Oh, does this sound, they all thought I was Filipino. So obviously I did a good job. <laughs> so let's see if I, let's see if I survive the cutting room. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I find it, I, I mean, I like it. I grew up, I grew up in a mixed international, uh, family traveling around the world. So for me, it's a lot more interesting when there's so many different types on a, on a show. And that, that brings up something I was wondering when I was reading over your, your bio, you know, when I first reached out to you is why the uk over anywhere else since you you know, sort of grew up hopping <laughs> into different countries why why was the the uk uh you know your place of residence i i assume you've been there for for a little bit uh yeah, why the I've uk been... over uh, anywhere else uh well i have a french passport so obviously at the time when i moved here um the uk being part of the eu was a no brainer you know um but I did want to go back to Vancouver, actually. Actually, I wanted to move to New York. I was so close to moving to New York. I had sold everything oh, no. and then did not do it um, because um, I would have had to apply for, you know, the O-1 visa, the artist visa, oh, yeah. and it's a lot of money. And also it coincided with a time where in the United States, they made it really hard uh, for O-1 visa holders to basically even audition for any job. And even though, even if it was like illegitimate, you know, O-1 artist visa. And I have a lot of friends who are in LLA, you know, some of them have had more or less success since being there. And I just thought, I, you know, it's just me, myself and I, you know, um, I, I cannot rely on, um, you know, family helping me or, or whatever. And the one thing with the O-1 visa is that I'm not really allowed to have like a survival job. I can only work as an actor. So, you oh, know, the wow. bartending job or, or over here where I was, I was doing a lot of temping, I would not have been able to do that. And it's expensive, you know, living in <laughs> LA or even New York of all places. And so I just thought, oh God, you know what? No, I'll just stay here. And actually it turned out to be a good thing for me. A few frustrating years. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm still trying to make my, my way over to the States or Canada, but, um, 
But this time I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to build the credits here. And then if there's a job, because, you know, pilot season, you know, the old fashioned pilot season, they used to cast worldwide. And so I felt that I did not need to go to LA to be eligible to um, audition for any of these pilots Mm -hmm. because they were coming here. They were being advertised here. So I just thought, well, you know, let's just bide my time and build the credits while I'm here and just continue doing what I've been doing and save money by doing the survival jobs that I wouldn't have been able to do there. And um, and yeah, but originally the reason I came to to London, to be quite honest, is because I was supposed to do an MBA, a master's in business, oh, because okay. I I was coming from France where I had done a... Um, I have a degree in economics um, and so I was coming here to do a master's and you know it's, it's, it's the kind of thing you're like oh you're no longer on your parents thumb yeah. and I'm like oh <laughs> I'm gonna go back to acting <laughs> and so you know I took a sharp left and I went back into acting um, but yeah it's um, and I, I, I haven't regretted it you know it was great yeah it's the second you said you know a few frustrating years yeah that's that's like half of our career right if if we're doing really well exactly you know what it builds character oh yeah yeah I feel like whenever somebody rejects you for anything it's a you know what I went on three callbacks and was still rejected so this is nothing (laughs) exactly I I don't I don't think that the average person understands how how difficult it we we have it really as actors you know we really we really have to have a thick skin man i mean each audition is the equivalent of somebody going to a job interview every day or once or twice a week and then being rejected over and over again that can take its toll you know yeah but at the same time i think this is where you maybe separate the people who really love what they're doing um, you know, versus a person who wants the 15 minutes of fame, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a hard graft and, um, yeah, but, you know, we, we all get there at some point. Nobody's, um, road to success, I'm going to put that in quotes, um, <laughs> is, is, um, is the same. Yeah. I mean, I wonder actually, and a lot of people have had that, you know, upbringing where you see, films you you watch tv and you see certain people just embracing these characters did you have anybody that you looked up to that maybe inspired you to become a a, an actor or was it just you know a love of the craft itself was there any any difference there you know what no I didn't I'm gonna be honest with you it's so funny it's almost as if I knew that question was coming (laughs) because I've been thinking about this interview all day and I was just like what if you ask me about this So, you know, I mean, my mother is Vietnamese. My father was African. Um, There are two cultures that are very, you know, the East Asian cultures, you know, and the African culture is very much, you're going to grow up to be a doctor Mm. or a lawyer or an accountant, but nothing else. The creative industry is not really something that that you're really encouraged to to um to pursue or it's not it's not considered viable or serious um so growing up I did watch lots of movies um I always remember my mother at the time 
um, there were lots of movies about the Vietnam War and all of this. And my mom used to speak like five languages. And she would always go, that actor is not Vietnamese. That actor is not Chinese. That Like she would understand. But obviously to a Western ear, we would go like, oh, they're speaking, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I remember just, just being fascinated by that. And um, I really only considered acting when I was in Vancouver, actually. I was finishing off high school there. And, um, you know, Vancouver is a little bit like the second LA, really. There's so yes. much being shot there. And at the time, um, my, the school that I went to, the high school that I went to was the main high school for the TV series, 21 John Street. Oh, that's And so that's where, you know, there were like these schools that will teach you acting and all of these different things. And I was just like, this is fascinating. And, and I just thought I needed to make some pocket money. And I was like, okay, I started off as a background actress, you know, just like most actors, I'm sure. Um, and then you just kind of, I guess the, the bug bit really at that then. And, um, but I had to finish high school and then I had to go to university, you know, is, is that all originally, I know that I graduated in economics, but originally I was supposed to, um, study law. Um, so yeah, you know, the, the, the law, the legal route, the lawyer oh, wow. route. <laughs> um, and and so when I, like I said, when I came back, when I, when I moved to London and again, that creativity was still there, I was just like, maybe I could just, you know, just go there and just try it out again. You know, it had been a few years, you know, since I left Vancouver and then, but I, I personally only really took it seriously, maybe six years ago, six, seven years ago. What I mean by seriously, I mean that I decided in my head to commit that I was going to be an actress and that if people were asking me, what do you do? Instead of me answering, I'm a secretary, which was my temp job, I would say I'm an actress. Because, I, and I think before that time, I think there was still the, you know, my parents' voice going, got to be a doctor. You got to, you got to have, you know, you got to have a steady job. You got to have this, you got to have that. And I tried, oh, whoa, did I try so many times <laughs> to, to squash the creativity. But every single time I would find myself being in, trying to get involved in helping somebody else do their film or or you know be crew or or do this or do that and that's when I realized like I keep fighting this but it keeps coming back I'm just gonna accept it you know and so that's probably when I see I took it seriously for myself that I just thought you know what I'm going to proudly announce that I'm an actress you know no matter what people think about that and was uh, this yeah, during? I have no idea if I answered your question. Now I went on the tangent. <laughs> no, sorry. No, that was that was an amazing answer. I'm wondering, was this during uh, teacup travels when you started to just like <laughs> sit in and go, "Yeah, all right, this is what I'm going to do." Um, yes, probably. It's so funny you mentioned teacup travels. You know how earlier we were talking about, you know, um, just being kind of like a secondary character. Yeah. Teacup travels is the first time. You know, it's a sweet little show. I never heard of it before I did it. Um, I love the concept of it, you know, teaching kids this international worlds and stuff. 
And it's the first time that I had um, parents and kids recognizing me like in public. And that was like the weirdest feeling. (laughs) Like it was, you know, when you have somebody on the tube or the underground, like staring at you. And you're like, do I have something on my nose? I mean, what is, you know, is, is my fly undone? <laughs> it was so weird being in that situation. And I was just thinking, wow, is this what, you know, the famous celebrities, the famous stars have to, you know, always being careful about, <laughs> about what you look like in public, you know? So I'm like, wow, okay, this is interesting. I don't know if I like it. It's fun. It's for kids, which is great. But then I was thinking, Ooh, I have to be careful, but also with Uncharted, because I survived the cutting room floor, I've had lots of friends text me when I was in Romania and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So people are recognizing me. And so I'm like, okay, just gonna have to be careful now. Just, just look pristine, you know, get my makeup (laughs) done. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh probably teacup travels but i think it's probably just before that um again i practiced this question because i knew you were gonna ask that um it's it was this weird thing so you know for the because of my international background for the longest time when i first arrived in the uk having trained in Vancouver as well, you know, gone to drama school in Vancouver and knowing more of the American um film system than I did the UK. Um, when I first moved here, I was like a massive kind of like, there's a lack of diversity. I I would always like talk about the lack of diversity. And I think that it was not a good look for a lot of people or a lot of people did not take it well. Anyway, and I was always getting these roles and, you know, I don't want to offend anybody out there, the stereotypes, you know, the stereotypes, the, um, I was a Latina cleaner Mm. or the Filipino nurse. Um, and I would keep trying to fight against those stereotypes. And so I wasn't working. And I remember reading at the time, uh, backstage.com. Um, I was an avid reader of backstage.com. That was before they're now here, but, um, they, they, they weren't then. And, um, I remember reading an article, uh, it was an interview with Jeffrey Wright and he is also mixed race. Um, and he's got that ethnic ambiguity going on as well. And he mentioned how he realized at the beginning of his acting career that he almost had to spoon feed people how to view him. And so he he was just like, so you know how in, um, is it Shaq? Uh, oh, oh uh, Shaft. Shaft, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he so was he great. was he was a Latino, right? A, a Latino gang member, a gang leader. And then he was in Angels America. And then so he had to morph himself into these different ethnicities, you know, learn the language or learn the accent and the mannerisms and everything and do it even better than the real Latino actors, or whatever, if he wanted to work. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, that's what I gotta do. You know, I'm not going, I'm not getting anywhere with my attitude. And so I need to shift my attitude. I need to change it. And so I just thought, do you know what steps, you know, 
I'm, I was trying to jump to the middle rung of the ladder and I had to start at the bottom. And I'm like, okay, first step, get in the room. I have to be in the room where it happens. And then once I'm in the room, then it's up to me to change their minds. But I got to get in that room first. Now, if I'm going to be cast, uh, sorry, if I'm being called in as a Latina cleaner, then I'll be the best. By the way, can I swear? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then I'll be the best goddamn cleaner, Latina cleaner in London. And I remember distinctly announcing it out loud at a casting director workshop. And it was, I'm not going to name names, but he was at the time working for a top office here. He now works for another top office, but it was his first ever workshop. I remember going, oh, I'm going to book him first. And then um, when it was my turn to go up, he asked, you know, oh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? And I literally just said in a class full of pretty much just Caucasian actors, I would always be kind of like the, the colored one or the ethnic one. I'm the best Latina cleaner in London. And I remember the whole class laughed because they thought I was saying, a, you know, telling a joke, Yeah. but he didn't. He kind of cocked his head and then he kind of looked at me and he went, why do you say that? And I explained to him, I said, well, those are the only roles I'm getting. So if I want to get it, I have to be better than a real Latina or a real Hispanic person because I'm not, I'm neither of those. And, um, and I've got to be the best if I want to book the job. And he was just like, that's exactly right. Yeah. The irony is that he then proceeded to call me in for a lot of auditions, none of them Latina. <laughs> and I booked a job where um, my first French one, um, where um, on Patrick Melrose, he called me in um, for, a French, uh, for a French role. So wow. it's kind of interesting that I announced myself as the best Latina cleaner, but I think in his head, I, I think maybe that translated as that actress understand how the business works. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and he was willing to give me several shots, actually. He called me in a lot of times. So I'm really grateful to him. He's, he, yeah, it was great. But that was when I announced it. And that was when I decided I'm just going to sit on this. I'm going to be the best that it can be. And ironically, I was, I was then cast in this short film called Gloria, which was a film commissioned by a, um, a workers union here in London. And it won an award and I won an award as well for it, portraying a da -da -da -da, Latina cleaner. <laughs> um, but it was commissioned by the workers union because they wanted to show the, the, the real story behind the face you know oh, the wow. faces of the latinos in the financial district and it was a great story um there was no dialogue except for dialogue in spanish and so because i spoke spanish um and it was kind of like a day in the life of a cleaner called gloria myself and um there was this really great bit in the middle and i'm so glad that they that they did not that it wasn't a patronizing film. There was a bit in the middle where I was uh, I was kind of cleaning like the the front of this massive international bank in the in the financial district, and I overhear a conversation between somebody who was coming in for a job interview, and I was answering all of the questions in Spanish, and you realize that this cleaner is actually a university professor from Uruguay, mm -hmm. 
and then I just proceed to complete cleaning. But the end of the film is what really touched me. And they added, you know, while I was there, I, um, sorry, the, the film showed my character going to English classes, going to computer classes, because my one goal was to be able to get a video on the day of my daughter's birthday, the daughter that I had left behind in Uruguay. And the film kind of ends on this beautiful video of a little girl kind of like dancing at her birthday and me crying my eyes out. Um, but I think the best compliment was that when the workers union said that they showed it, all of the Latinos thought that I did an amazing job and that I really respected them. And that was better compliment than anything. So wow. I was really glad of that. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's kind of a responsibility that I've taken upon myself. No one, no one's ever asked me to, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking if I am portraying a culture other than my own, I have to do it justice. I cannot be a caricature. Yeah. So I work really hard in like learning the language or learning the customs or, um, you know, doing my own homework because I don't want to be a caricature. And if the responsibility falls on my shoulders because somebody is casting me as that culture, I have to, I, I cannot show them at their worst. You know, that's just a responsibility that I've taken upon myself. And, you know, like I said, that was the best compliment when they said that, you know, I did a really great job. The same thing as Patrick Melrose, I was really surprised it's amazing how people discover you when you're on shows. <laughs> Patrick Melrose, because I was playing a nurse, um, all of a sudden on my Twitter feed, I had like all these nurses complimenting me for portraying them really well. And I was just like, I was so touched. I was like, wow, okay, thank you. I was just like, wow, okay. So, you know, it's... It, that's just me. I'm not saying that all actors have to do this. It's just something that I feel because I don't think I'm ever going to be cast as a mixed race person because I'm not dark enough to be mixed race. My hair is not kind of like, you know, the, the gorgeous, whatever, um, court, um, curls, you know, that, that yeah. the mixed race, white, black, um, mixed race actors have. I'm a character actress, you know, I'm not leading lady looks. So, I don't think I'm ever going to be cast as a mixed race person. So I think that I will always be cast as other than who mm. I am or what I portray. That's a very long answer. I'm so sorry. No, no, don't apologize at all. It's, <laughs> it, it does help. I am sure with a lot of actors listening to this as well. And it's something that was brought up in the workshop I attended yesterday, which was the best person for the role is going to get the role. Now, what happens there is, uh, you know, it, it's all on you. You know, like you said, bringing authenticity and understanding that culture and not portraying a caricature that at least in the States we've been doing for way too long. And now we're getting to the point where we're, we're adjusting to it. And it, it looks like they're, they're showcasing more of a, more of a faith in, in actors to portray something authentically. But I, I do think, you know, as your career moves forward, like I could see you playing somebody mixed race, you know, I'm, I'm mixed race and, you know, I don't look, you know, that like that at all. But it seems like every year casting is constantly saying, all right, now we got to, we have to, <laughs> they, they seem a little frustrated. Like we have to redo the parameters. 
what what is mixed race what 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 are the you know so it's um it's so funny listening to you say that because i feel the same way where it says you know mixed race person of da, 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 like i'll submit but i know more than likely they're not going to take me in because i don't have those looks but if we could do one thing that kind of like grabs them and keeps them there then maybe we can get somewhere i mean obviously you've you've gone on from those tv series to you know have some really fun roles in bigger films and tv projects i mean the fact that you are you're in uncharted this year you're going to be in a film with guy pierce hopefully later this year maybe next year uh, whenever that comes out and uh <laughs> you will be in jeepers creepers reborn which is uh, a movie that a lot of horror fans who you know enjoy the previous ones have sort of been waiting for still don't know when that film is going to come out i don't know if you know anything but uh when I saw I think it was supposed to come out last year in ha- uh, Halloween, but obviously yeah. we were still in lockdown. So, so I, I don't know, actually. Either. Yeah, I, it's, I'm going to have, um, uh, and I'll, I'll ask you a little bit about that, uh, you know, to a degree where it doesn't violate any NDAs, but I will be speaking to, uh, I believe is, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, I'm trying to learn it, but I believe it's uh, Jaru Benjamin, who plays the creeper in the new film. I'll speak to him in the next few weeks, but, uh, you know, going from playing grounded characters and then moving into a genre that most of the time isn't grounded like horror, what was your approach to, you know, being cast in Jeepers Creepers Reborn? I mean, it's a new, uh, and this is a disclaimer to, to everybody listening. Um, the, the initial creator of Jeepers Creepers is a horrible person, um, absolutely uh, appalling, but this new, uh, reboot is taken away from him uh, there's a new creative so I just want to put that out there before you talk about it but uh, approaching <laughs> the horror genre what was it like auditioning for that I mean uh, your your character is uh, Lady Manila so I guess if, if you can tell me anything about the process for being cast in that you know what was that like so this is one of those I took the bull by the horns and I <laughs> I basically emailed the producer and told him, no yeah, I emailed the producer. I said, please have me self-tape for this role. I get it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I speak French as well. So if you wanted me to learn any French and whatever, because it's set in Louisiana. Mm. And the produce, producer was like, yeah, sure, self-tape. So I did. Um, and then, um, uh, then I had the recall on, on Zoom with <clears throat> the producer, well, two of the producers and the director, and it was just redoing the scene again and just changing a little bit. You know, I did not look threatening enough with my curls, you know, I was just like, oh, you're too sweet. So, you know, I straightened my hair. I, I did like really weird kind of like gothic type stuff. Um, and yeah, I got the role, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I did not know that it was Jeepers Creepers. Really? It was, yeah, it was confidential. The title was not Jeepers Creepers when I was filming it. And I did not, I was not aware that it was in a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I loved my character, my character, Lady Manila. Um, she was, she is a voodoo priestess and mm. that's about all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all I will ask of you yeah. about that but uh, the costume was amazing it was filming I remember it was in 2020 in December in Hampshire 
which is about an hour, two hours away from London. Oh, wow. Filming nights at like minus 10 degrees. We <laughs> had a lot of those, you know, those, those like thermal. Oh, um, the hand warmers. You know, the things that you, that you shake. Oh, yeah. wow. Did we go through them? Like, oh, uh, like water. <laughs> it was cold, but it helped with the atmosphere. Um, it was my first horror. I'm a massive horror fan. Really? I mean, oh. Yeah. I would save my pocket money to buy horror books. That's how much of a horror fan I was. Um, so I think it kind of, I think maybe it was like the second day of shoot. Everyone was just like, oh yeah, it's this. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not know the Jeepers Creepers, um, uh, films, you know, and I was like, oh, I've got to watch them so that I know what I'm (laughs) doing. But like you said, it's kind of like a reboot. So it's kind of like going a little bit away from it. Um, the, honestly, I'm, I'm always so admired, uh, I admire like the art department always and the wardrobe departments. They put in so much work. They recreated the house and everything. I, I, I'm, I'm, it's just, I'm always in awe. I'm always in awe. It was great. Um, I, I met some amazing people. The two leads in the film are amazing. Watch out for them when, when it comes out. Um, there's this amazing scene that I'm not going to spoil, but I'm going to let you guys discover even the scene came out better than we even anticipated when we were shooting it. Um, everyone was just like, wow, when it happened. So just watch out for that. Hopefully it made it into the film, but you know, in terms of how do you approach a performance in a horror film, it's still the same as if it was a fantasy. It's all about characters being grounded really. Um, just the characters being, um, you know, sitting in, you know, their, their core being real, really, um, being, um, you, you just had to know that you were, what you were there for, what the goal of the character was, you know, it's not the mustache twirling, you know, and the indicating thing, um, definitely not. It's just very grounded. Um, it's, it's the same with fantasy as well, you know any witcher or game of thrones or whatever um is actually one of the casting narrators who said no always grounded yeah don't don't play the fantasy play the character you know um so if you're somebody with powers or some something it's not about the power but it's the intention that you put behind using that power Mm. you know like those 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 wonderful cgi effects that you see you know um (laughs) is the intention behind it so um, I've kind of always kept that in my head, but yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing experience. I'm, I'm lucky to be in that film. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I don't want to say I'm crazy excited for it because that's going to underestimate <laughs> how excited I am for the reboot and that it's being completely removed from he who must not be named, but uh, that's, that's fantastic. I think a lot of casting directors now are saying that more in every workshop. It's, you know, keep it grounded. Don't go crazy because you've seen, I know you've seen a lot of people audition and you go, I don't think they understand what they're going for right now. <laughs> it's, it's a little too, you know, Dragon Ball Z-ish or something, you know, a little, little too big. But um, building off of the, the, the horror part, now that I know you're, you're a horror fan, is there a horror property or maybe... Uh, I don't know, something that came out even years ago that you wish you could have been a part of or would like to be a part of a, a say, a reboot or a sequel to? Um, I remember 
trying to audition or get trying to get an audition for The Exorcist, the play, the stage play. Oh, oh play here for a long time. <laughs> I know somebody who's in it and I really want it to be in that. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. It scared the bejesus out of me when I was younger. I watched it way too young. I don't know what my mother was thinking. But um, but yeah, no, I really wanted to be in The Exorcist. Oh my God. I I heard The Woman in Black is one of the scariest plays you could ever see, especially in in London. But I couldn't even imagine The Exorcist as a play. That, that seems like three hours of just white knuckling anxiety. <laughs> that would have been that would have been great. Um, I did see the woman in black. I don't know, maybe because I I've seen The Exorcist, I did not think that it was very scary. I don't know, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think The Exorcist or I've I'm what kind of horror? I like the psychological horror as opposed to you know the blood and guts and gory. Having said that. I did fall in love with The Walking Dead. So I don't know if you would class that as horror. Yeah. I would love to be on The Walking Dead or any of that franchise. Anybody watching, please, you know, call me. Um, <laughs> I love, yeah. But see, but see the thing, it's not about the zombies though. It's about the relationships. Yeah. That's why I like that, that series. That um, it's basically drama. human beings surviving despite the horrors i don't know <laughs> it just it elevates the the tension between the human characters too when there is that threat on the outside <laughs> yeah well um, you know it, it you know not to kind of put a downer on this but we've kind of started seeing that a little bit with the ukraine and and the refugees yeah. and the difference between you know the ethnic refugees and the you know so it's 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 that you know it's yeah. it's the it's the zombie thing where it's like well it's survival of the fittest really and what do you do when you have no other recourse and it's it's the kindness of strangers it's it's all of that and you know and I've, I've been on that receiving end. I remember when I was younger after university I had saved up so much money because um, the, the the gift myself was like a three-month backpacking trip around America and um, anyway long story short the day that I left my best friend in France basically stole all my money and all my savings and I was left stranded after a month and a half traveling in New York I had no money nothing anyway but I had my return ticket so I cut my trip short and honestly the kindness of strangers is all I'm gonna say um at the hostel that I was staying at um I heard I overheard this French couple I asked them for ten dollars mm -hmm. just to pay for the metro ticket to get to JFK and then at JFK, I was there literally all day because my flight wasn't until midnight and I had to oh um, get out of the hostel at like 10 a.m. And I was starving because I had no money for food or anything. And I was somebody, I think that was when my, um, what's it called? My uh, travel sickness got cured because I, I always used to have travel sickness and I never mm -hmm. used to eat on planes or whatever. But I was obviously so hungry that when we got on the plane, you know, I devoured my food and everything. I happened to sit next to this French guy and I asked him for a metro ticket in Paris to get me from the airport to the closest train station. So yeah. I can, I was, I was in university in the south of France at the time, but my flight was landing in Paris. And so um, he gave me a metro ticket that got me to the train station. I took, I got a train to the 
south of France. But what I'm just saying is the kindness of strangers. You just never know when one little, you know, gesture can can help. Yeah, that's wow. That gives me more more faith in in humanity, especially being in New York, yeah. because you have no idea, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, New York is a fantastic place, but there's a lot of people that that they don't care. <laughs> you know, You're, I know. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. That sounds like, like something you would put in a film. You know, that's you can't make that up. That's insane. Yeah. True. True. Wow. But you know, I've seen that kindness, you know, shown to my mother. Mm. I've seen that kindness shown, you know, and I, and I try to do the same as well when I can. So that's why those kind of stories, like from um, uh, from uh, The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. or even or even you know the horror film or any any project, is all is always about that connection with another human being. And I think that's why casting directors keep keep harping on about you know authenticity and grounding. And and I don't know if all actors understand the term because not all casting directors will always explain fully what they mean. Yeah. But sometimes I coach some actors um, on their auditions or self-tapes and I always have to remind them, I'm like, okay, what would you do as a human being? That character is a human being. It's not a, it's not a two-dimensional person written by a writer, you know, on, on a piece of paper. What would you do if you were, you know, in a coffee shop? You know, it's, it's that age old thing where um, you will see sometimes on some films where an actor walks into into a hotel or something that they've never been into and they go immediately where the phone is because and you have to ask yourself well how do you know that the phone was there <laughs> what would you do if you were a real person going into an unknown place you'd be like you know looking around and then oh there's the phone right and yeah. it's that little attention to detail and so i always i always have to remind some of the actors that i coach remember that you're a human being what would you do if that happened to you? Mm. What would you do if that happened to you? And that's, I think that's the authenticity and the grounding, the groundness that casting directors are talking about. Um, but yeah, but it comes in anything. It's always about the humanity and in, 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 in that character, you know, yeah. making them real, you know. I feel like Sorry, even I with, talk a lot. Sorry. No, no, this is this is the best part of of these episodes is, you know, we're not pulling teeth to get answers out of people. And luckily, every single one of our guests uh, have just been like, you know, they just they have a, a fire hose of information. And it's it's amazing. I love it. I love it. Uh, I, I going back to, to the grounded part of it. Like, yeah, it's it's something that's brought up in classes, too, that, you know, it is a little unnatural for us to look somebody else in the eyes that we don't actually know, you know, on a personal intimate level. But if you can get past that, it delivers that grounded nature even more so. I mean, you you get lost in it and you're no longer staring at a stranger. You're you're you find yourself connecting like the character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But sometimes just a few questions that, you know, just a few questions that you ask at the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, like you and I when when, you know, before you started pressing the record button and you know I was asking you questions you were asking me questions it just kind of cuts the tension isn't it it's just that thing I know that not all actors you know some actors are very much like no I want to be you know concentrating on my thing and that's (laughs) fine you know literally you know just just kind of check what the room temperature is um but sometimes just a quick you know oh hi hi whatever 
Um, I mean, another trick that I do, and I don't know if this is going to be helpful for your um, your listeners, is, um, and this was something that was told to me, actually, uh, uh, again, I'm not going to name names, but a top casting actor here, I remember him telling me once at, at this workshop, don't act, just say the lines. Mm. So I'm like, okay. I think that was his version at the time of stay grounded. I remember at the time going, what, what, what the hell is he talking about? But I, I try and keep that in my head now. But the other thing that I do is that as soon as I learn, I have my lines down, I then do something mundane, like cooking or cleaning or vacuuming. And then I would start having the conversation, my scene out loud, I would say it. I live on my own. So literally it's just, I, 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 um, I pretend that that person is is talking to me while I'm, you know, I'm chopping vegetables or whatever. And I will challenge myself by putting them either in the bedroom, which is like further away. So my voice will always go up, you know, because I'm talking through the walls or like, you know, I'm in the, I have like an open plan kitchen and dining room. So, you know, I'll be in the kitchen and they'll be here. And so, you know, my voice will be a bit more, you know, chatty or whatever. So I try to place myself in different situations. And, you know, one of the things that I'm always, the feedback I always get from casting offices or my agent is that I'm, I'm so grounded and I'm so relatable or whatever um, on my tapes. And I think it's because, I think that's the one thing that probably actors don't do enough of is trying to forget the lines. Mm because we are so like, these are my lines, that's my cue, I've, I've got to pay attention to my cue. But it's this kind of like that, that monkey thing, you know, tapping your head and yeah. rubbing your belly <laughs> at the same time. You're going to be doing something else. That's what human beings do. We're always doing something else while we're talking or while we're doing this. And I think that's the one step that is needed in order to achieve that kind of like that naturalism on screen or that that groundness that authenticity on screen so it doesn't feel like i'm waiting for my line right so you know do you know what i mean and then yeah. trying to pretend to be not to be normal um people are always doing something people are always thinking as well that's the other thing um <laughs> we all have an inner monologue always going on, going on. I'm sure that you have an inner monologue. You're probably going in your head. I'm going to wait until she finishes whatever she's talking about. And then I'm going to ask this question. Everybody has an inner monologue. You're walking down the street and you see somebody like ahead and you're like, oh shit, I don't want to see them. Let's just pretend I'm on the phone or let me just cross the street. You know, everybody has an inner monologue. And I think that's the other thing as well that we always forget the inner monologue in between what we're saying, um, you know, and so that's that those are things that I always try and and remember. Um, um, and a good trick is always to go against your first instinct, you know, because all scenes you will read it and you go oh yeah I know how to play that right you got that forget that and try something else. <laughs> yeah, because you know that everybody else is going to play that. So forget that and try something else. Um, yeah. And again, that was a completely long answer for a very simple question. I'm no, so sorry. No, <laughs> no. Cause you made me think you remind me of, especially auditioning for co-star roles or character based roles. 
every like you said, everyone is doing the exact same thing. They're all going to go into their audition wearing a lab coat if they're a doctor or something. You know, if they're going in for that, you go in wearing, um, you know, say a cardigan or uh, maybe a wrinkled button-up shirt. That's going to stand out. You know, you're you're not so concerned about framing this this singular narrative of the character. You're open to all these different interpretations. And you're right. I mean, we all have an inner monologue. I know when I don't want to, you know, if I go to a mall and I don't want to talk to a certain person that I, you know, remember, I will pull a Jason Bourne and disappear into a retail shop I have no business being in. That's, that is, and I'll, I'll peer over. Okay, they're gone. Cool. I'm going back to the cookie stand where I was going the yeah. entire time. It's, it's, um, yeah, I, I feel like that's very comforting to hear, especially from, you know, from you as you're, you know, honing in all these new characters, you're getting all these, these new jobs, things are, you know, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, curse anything or, you know, ruin the, the trajectory, but you are working. And that's, that's an amazing thing. Is there anything on the, the horizon as far as like major plans go with your career? Do you want to uh, say live in Vancouver and work, you know, in Vancouver TV, or do you want to end up in a, a big tentpole movie? What what's a goal you have in mind for your career? <laughs> Again, I knew you were gonna be <laughs> telepathic. I knew you were gonna ask something you like that. Knew. Do you know what? Again, Shonda Rhimes, if you're listening, please call me. Um my dream would be to play me. What I mean by that is, you know, this person that I am, and I'm not the only one in this. I know so many people who are exactly like me or, you know, like you, just me as a person, my ethnicity or my culture has nothing to do with it, but my skills do, you know? So me in a role where I'm using my French, my Spanish, my English, um, and, and just playing me. Um, the reason I mentioned Shonda Rhimes is because I think from the beginning, she she's the one who, who started the ethnic diversity casting in Grey's Anatomy. But what I loved specifically in How to Get Away with Murder, there was a character who was French Latina in a American school. So she was exactly like me, you know, speaking an American accent. But then um, at one point, I don't know if it was season three or four, I don't know if that's, on, that's only then that they realized that the actress was trilingual, that they introduced a French mother and then her Latin American father. And so she was speaking French and, and Spanish and English. And I was just like, oh my God, yes, that is what I want. You know, there's the world is becoming so small nowadays. What I mean by that is, people travel they settle in countries that are not their own they marry people in completely different cultures they have you know mixed race children who speak gazillion languages you know the world should should kind of open up to to all of these it, it just makes it so much more interesting mm. honestly i could write so many stories of when when I was in France and and people thought that I was um, that I was a foreigner and then would start speaking French and like saying crap stuff about me and then I would turn around or the same thing when I here in 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 um 
in uh, in London when I, whenever my brother was visiting me and you know we would be speaking um, French and then English people would be saying something and then I would turn around and say in English really is that how you think you know it's just that that people forget that this is an international world now yeah. where people now speak more than one language fluently um, and you know I, I love catching people out like that I was I was a sales <laughs> assistant a long time ago when I first arrived here um, I knew nobody in, in, in England. And so I was a sales assistant at a clothes shop, at a retail shop. And um, uh, this retail shop were very, um, <laughs> very anal about good customer service. And so um, I remember it was a winter and this couple who I guess were rich, the woman had a fur coat, you know, kind of walked into the store and um, I went up to them as I was told to always do, you know, offer them any guidance or help if they needed it. And um, the husband said, no, 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 thank you. I had barely turned my back that the woman said in French very loudly, what does she want that big fat cow? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. I turned around and I said in French, are you sure you really don't want any help? And it was like one of those cartoon moments, you know, where the husband literally like his jaw just dropped <laughs> and, and, and the woman was like, and that's the other thing. The woman was so rude. She was eating these chestnuts and like, like the peel was like left all around the store. She, she was just like halfway through her mouth, like, and, and they're like, no, no, no. And then they, they left immediately. And it's that thing. I was like, this is a cosmopolitan international city, like Paris, like New York, like, you know, did you really expect to only have English people here? Every, you know, you, you, you walk down the street and I will hear, my, my neighborhood is very Portuguese and, mm. um, and African. So I've got Portuguese, African, my next door neighbor is Filipino. Oh my God. Got, you know, there's so many, there's so many nationalities for somebody to now expect that it's just one language now in different countries, it's it's a little bit narrow-minded. The world now has expanded. And I think yeah. it would be great for actors to be seen, you know, maybe something like an international school kind of TV series, you know, and have having all of these different cultures in the same high school and whatever clash of cultures or whatever it is, I think that would make a really interesting story. Yeah, Jesus. with without it seeming taboo, you know, oh, this is our character, yeah. we know nothing about them, but we or crossed an, yeah. the box. <laughs> or an international, you know, bank, whatever, you know, how to get away with, I don't know, Wall Street fraud, I don't know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it, that probably be my dream role to be able to, to use my skills, really. And I think you're getting closer to that, honestly. Uh, did you get a chance to use any of that for, for Uncharted? Or was that more of just a, you know? Uncharted was American. Okay. American accent, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you're, like you said, you're being, and you have been recognized for things you've done. You're working mm -hmm. on on a slew of projects all around the world. It's only a matter of time before someone says, hey, I have a character, can you audition for this? And when you audition, you bring in a little bit of yourself in there and boom, you know, it's just, and, and it could be, you know, an international banking thriller or something, or, you know, maybe <laughs> know. a comedy in Vancouver, but I... To go back to Vancouver, I have to say, yeah. I, I love Vancouver, but 
you know, wherever the work takes me, I have to say, I've been very lucky that I've been able to travel. So Infernal Machine was in the Algarve and that was the first time I was in Portugal and that was so gorgeous. And in lockdown, I was like, I need a holiday. (laughs) So I was so happy to be there. And then while I was there, I happened to then be cast for Uncharted. And so I flew myself to uh, Madrid, which was great. And then, and then, yeah, I, Ireland and uh, sorry Belfast and Romania recently I don't know where I'm going next so wherever the work is really yeah is it okay uh this is a a question I know I'll I'll get a bunch of grief for not asking when you are flying (laughs) yourself to all these different countries are you reimbursed by production or is this all on your dime no 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 okay no so from Portugal to Spain I flew myself okay um just because um, it was easier than flying back to London mm-hmm. and then flying over to Spain only because in 2021, we still had the uh, travel restrictions oh, and it was yeah. still like the quarantining in the different countries. And so it was just something that we organized. My, my, my agent kind of like um, organized with them. They were happy to cover for my hotel in Spain. And in exchange, I paid for my own flight. It was it was fine. You know, I was happy. Listen, I view I view my career as an investment. I don't mind investing in it. Um, I'm not I'm not money. Um, what's it called? What's it called? Money. You're not, are you <laughs> um, as in like you're? I'm you're not super... dictated by by oh, yeah okay. by money. If I can see the the investment in it, then mm-hmm. I will do it. You know. Um, yeah. It's it's so for me, the flight was was a no brainer really. Well, that's perfect. But again, I did not know that it was uncharted. Again, oh, heavy NDA. I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know it was uncharted. So there you go. <laughs> I just think there's a a lot of at least a lot of actors in the the domestic United States. They see flights as oh it's so expensive. I don't know if I can do it. Instead of, you know, saying, well, this is an investment, just do it, you'll figure it out later, but this is what you need to do. Yeah, uh, but like I said, that was only between Portugal and Spain. Yeah. Production production organizes all the other flights. Yeah. So, for yeah. example, the, the TV series in, in Belfast and the TV series in Romania. So, you know, uh, there was one, I started shooting last year, and so um, one of them bought my flight from Romania to, to Ireland as opposed to Romania to London. And then vice versa this week, this year, the other one bought my flight back to Romania. So, you know, it's productions who deal with it. It's not, it's not us. No, the, the, the Spain thing, that was just a one-off thing. Okay, good. Yeah. It's, yeah. I know it's, it's, you know, in that area of the world, it might be a little bit, I don't know, uh, expensive here and there or restricted. Just, I, I don't, I don't know. I've yet to leave the, the, the States and I had a plan of doing it in 2020. Look what happened. Uh, so that's it's on the docket going to New Zealand in 2022 you heard it listeners I'm doing it (laughs) it's gonna happen Uh, so I don't want to take up uh, too much more of your time because this has just been fantastic but I know you're tired Uh, I just have a few more questions to ask you one being good okay perfect I I know you must have something for this we ask all of our guests if they have a party story so it's something that you know maybe stuck out in your memory whether it was a a crazy day on set, something that happened during your travels, or maybe a, a, a crazy memory you had growing up. But is there a story that if you were to go to a party, you would be more inclined to, to share with, you know, new friends, old friends, just because it is that great of a story? Well, 
I interviewed James Brown when I was in university. What? So maybe that's that what you're talking about. I, uh, yeah, I'd say that's <laughs> that, so that in university <laughs> in university in France, because I was bilingual, I worked for a radio station part-time, um, Africa num Africa numero one, Africa number one was an African radio station. And they were looking for somebody who could interview the international artists. And I lucked out, it was James Brown and yeah. And I even got him to do a jingle for the radio station, which they played forever <laughs> afterwards, but it was a great jingle. And I think he zoned in on me because I, I was bilingual and I, and he probably recognized an, an American accent. So it was kind of funny with all the journalists, you know, with their mics, like trying to ask him a question. He kind of zoned in on me, I guess, because I, I spoke English and he recognized an American accent. I don't know, but but yeah, it was really great. So that's my kind of party story, I guess. Oh my, yeah, I'd say that that defeats a lot of party stories. No one, you know, <laughs> not a whole lot of people have interviewed James Brown on this podcast. Yeah, he was, it was a very brief interview. I'm going to say that immediately. Um, we were kept waiting for a long time, but we could hear him and his, um, his, uh, his dancers, you know, he used to sing a lot of gospels and stuff like that always. Um, so we were kept waiting for a very long time. So it was very quick, very brief. You know, he, he came out one or two questions with happened to be mine that he answered to, and then my jingle and then like, bye-bye. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> Just a quick in and out. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's, I'm like flabbergasted. Just thinking about that. <laughs> if it, you actually be really good with this question, do you have any advice that you could deliver to other arts workers whether it's somebody who you know it doesn't have to be actors just somebody who loves the arts and is you know and trying times like these still trying to keep that that passion alive do you have any advice for those people oh mm. this is one of those things that's going to stay forever and i've got to be really <laughs> careful with my words um know why you're doing it know know why you what is it that you love exactly in the creative process because this is a hard business and if if it's actors listening there's like a 90 percent unemployment rate you know this is not a quick um uh, uh make it rich scheme definitely yeah. not um so you really have to know why you love this business and and listen being successful does not necessarily mean you know working and traveling like I have been and and what have you I think it's if you're if you're happy doing the crew work and you know um and all of that you might not be making tons of money but if it makes you happy then stick with it i don't know it's it's a really difficult one it's such a hard business that we're in and it's so subjective and it's really easy to to get down on the dumps really you know to, to get depressed and to and to feel that you're not getting anywhere, but you have to define what your anywhere is. 
what is that goal that you're trying to reach? Hmm. If it's fame and fortune, then maybe try something else. If it's if you really genuinely love this business, you know, watching films and talking about films and you know geeking out then you know have that your own barometer as to what will make you happy and content it's i'm sorry those were not really very positive words i don't think but no, they were <laughs> it, it's it's so it's it's so subjective to each person and each person's journey is so different like i said i tried I tried getting away from this business for so long, um, but I kept finding myself back, coming back into it somehow um, that I then realized that actually this is what makes me happy. And, you know, I think lockdown has probably also made me focus a bit more. Um, I have been unable to get any kind of temp work since lockdown. Um, so I've been very fortunate that I had this commercial that this American pharmaceutical commercial that I shot about three years ago that renewed twice in 2020 and in 2021. (laughs) So that's the money that I survived on. Um, I was lucky. I know a lot of people have not been lucky. Um, and obviously in 2020, there weren't that many, um, auditions going on. It's, you know, it's finding, finding a way to make it work. You know, there's a lot of sacrifices in this business. You know, like I said, I'm single and I don't have a pet. Although I have to say during lockdown, I was so wanting to get a pet. (laughs) I'm really, I'm really glad that the rescue centers have kind of stopped the adoptions during lockdown. Um, Because I would not have been able to travel to Portugal or to Spain or to Ireland or to Romania. That would have been so unsettling if I had had a pet here. Um, There's a lot of sacrifices, but I love what I do. And in a way, I'm kind of glad I don't have responsibilities like a family or, or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard job, but I love what I do. You have to love it. It yeah. has to be an unconditional vocation almost. It's not a job. It kind of becomes a vocation almost, a calling. Oh, God, it's... now I've become like this guru. <laughs> Don't listen to me. Just that'll be the title. Mean. It's the title of your acting book. <laughs> the title of my thing, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I think we've had you know, quite a few guests who've come on and said something similar along those lines, which is you know, you, you have to love it. It's not to... I, I heard somebody in my workshop the other day talking about, you know, uh, I guess he was he was being uh, propositioned by somebody who wanted to date him or something, you know, whatever. Uh, but she had asked, what are you famous or something? And he sat down and just said, no, not yet. But genuinely thought, which is great. But at the same time, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. I'm like, There's so much strife in this industry you know you do have to have confidence but at the same time know that you are going to work yourself to the bone and maybe not get a whole lot if anything so yeah. uh, i think that's important to just remind everybody in this like, we we do it because we love it and we don't do it because mm-hmm. we want that that jennifer aniston friends level salary of what seven yeah. million dollars a year just yeah. off residuals 
be nice, yeah. but <laughs> that's... Well, you know, I was, it's funny that you mentioned Jennifer Aniston because um, they were, there was a SAG Foundation interview that they did recently um, for the cast of, um, uh, is it Good Morning? Uh, oh, what's the, show uh, the, the, the Morning Show? The Morning, The Morning Show. Yeah, yeah. And it was her, it was Reese Witherspoon, and it was, I forgot his name now, sorry. Um, and and they were talking about, it's it's weird. Yeah. the fame or whatever the recognition it's it's weird you know and and Reese and Jennifer were talking because I'm in first first name basis you know oh yes yes of course um of course. <laughs> um they um they were talking about it and they're like it's it's just weird it's not what they got into acting for but it's a byproduct and it's just kind of you know um navigating that yeah. It sort of comes with the territory, right? <laughs> it comes with the territory. Um, but, you know, there are actors who are very good at keeping their lives private. You know, Jeffrey Wright, for example, I, I really struggle to even remember whether I've read any kind of like paparazzi or tabloid stuff about him, and um, he's quite well known, Meryl Streep as well. Yeah. So I, I think it's this thing I read somewhere about Meryl Streep. She knows how to be personal and private. Hmm. She knows how to be personal, but keep her private life private. I'm not quite sure if that's the right way around of the words, but um, but I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of lot of struggle, but you gotta love what you do. It's a long, it's a long game. It's a marathon. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely not a sprint. It's a marathon. And you gotta remember that you're never gonna get to the top of the ladder immediately. And really that ladder, even when you reach the top, it just keeps going higher and you're never going to reach the top ever. Everybody in this business, even when they've reached the top, they're always still interviewing for the next job. Yeah. But the day that you don't have to audition for a job is the day that you go out, you get the biggest four course meal and you just hawk it. <laughs> uh, that, is, that is my goal uh, <laughs> for that day. Uh, speaking of recognition and and you know fame and fortune and publicity is there anything in this episode that we could promote as far as your work goes uh say uncharted or jeepers creepers or another project you're working on is there anything you'd like for us to promote on social media that we can promote i should i know i know (laughs) i've literally just finished shooting two things um i think uncharted go and watch it everybody's saying it's great i still haven't watched it so if you see me just go hey you're there um (laughs) yeah just go and watch it everybody said that it's a really fun film if you're a gamer you'll definitely love it apparently so yeah uh jeepers creepers when it comes out i have no idea when please go watch and uh, the Infernal Machine, definitely. Guy Pierce is amazing. The story is amazing. There's a twist in there. Da, 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 da. You're never gonna see it coming. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and and don't blink, otherwise you'll make you'll miss me on that one. But um, but yeah, no, great. Uh, it's it's Guy Pierce is great. So go oh. watch everything. Oh yeah, go and support everyone. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the entertainment especially now that we, we have it back uh I know, this, yeah it, it, yeah i i saw batman last night awesome uh oh my friend is in that aki kotabe i don't know what he plays though i only just found out he's in that because again nda he didn't tell tell oh. anyone until it came out and so now i'm just like 
Gotta go and watch it. Now you have to go see yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's three hours long. So, you know, go to the bathroom beforehand. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the warning. <laughs> this has been absolutely wonderful. I, I'm so glad we we're able to do this. I know you, you were busy in Romania. We had to figure out when you're back with your, your flight and everything, but this has just been fantastic. I, we have a, just one more thing we have to do before I stop recording, but I wanted to thank you for giving us your time because, uh, time is important, especially these days. And for actors who may have five self tapes to do, uh, at any given notice. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank you for, for coming on here. And thank you, our listeners, for listening to this episode and the show. Don't forget to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because it's really important for our exposure. And if you do it and you let us know uh, through our email, your address, we can send you a sticker for your trouble, which uh, you will also get, Miss Georgia, if you would like. Love to send you a thank you card and a sticker for your time. Uh, it's just been fantastic. Uh, I forgot what else I need to mention in this spiel. Oh, I was going to say like... thank you very much for having me. I, it was such a great surprise to get the email saying that you wanted to interview me. I was just like, oh, really? Why? Why? <laughs> but no, that was great. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> that's that's the the average reaction I get to. Yeah, they're interested. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's just been it's just been fun um oh i forgot to to give the listeners please email us pwrp.pod at gmail.com when you leave a five-star review so i can uh send you the good stuff and if you'd like to be on this podcast also send us an email to that same address pwrp.pod at gmail.com now without any further delay we have my favorite part of the episode which is our awkward goodbye uh, so for this, I give a silent Wayne's World countdown. And when I point, Miss Georgia, if you could give us your best awkward goodbye. Could be, uh, you know, sound-based, could be silent. Some people just, you know, they don't want to say anything. So uh, if you are up for that, I'd love to get that going. I will try. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. In. Bye.